0: To learn more, go to slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode.
1: Welcome to the Tour Operator Startup Series on the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Nikki Padilla-Rivera follows a tour operator startup on their journey from idea to execution to we don't know where. We hope it's to success, but you're going to have to listen in each month to find out. And now, welcome your host, Nikki Padilla-Rivera.
2: Hello, tourpreneurs. Welcome to the third episode of the Tour Operator Startup. We've been following Ripley and Sita for three months now as they start up their business, She Shapes History, down in Canberra, Australia. And this month is very exciting as they've officially launched, including two sold-out tours with people they didn't even know. Very exciting stuff. If you missed the first two episodes of this podcast and want to catch up, you can find them on the TourPrinter website. But this month, we've actually experimented with bringing on our very first expert guest, Nancy Landry, who will be talking all things social media marketing, including how to think outside of the box, how to create a manageable schedule, and how to utilize the things you know through your tours in other ways and potentially even in other revenue streams. This does mean, however, that in addition to the two Australian accents and the New York accent that I try my best to hide, we're throwing in a Southern US accent to the mix as well. So just a heads up. Any show notes you can find, as always, on tourpreneur.com. And this month on the Facebook group, Ripley and Sita are looking to get your advice on when, in the time of global pandemics, do you offer your refund? At what point do you offer refunds? So If you have any thoughts on that, and I know this one is particularly timely, I know they'll appreciate your comments over on the Facebook page. So with that, enjoy the episode. Ripley, Sita, welcome back. Episode three. How's it going? Well, thank you for having us back.
0: It's nice that we're still
2: here. (laughs) (laughs) That we still exist.
3: (laughs) We haven't perished completely. (laughs) It's been a very chaotic month.
2: Yeah, it has been actually. Mm. Well, the big thing I obviously want to ask you about is you are launched, you were launched, you were ready, you had tours, but then also parts of Australia is shutting down. So maybe that's just to give some context to this, where the shutdowns at right now? Everywhere but Canberra is shut down. (laughs) We're like an island surrounded by COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It's slightly stressful. Does that mean that things are open or is everyone sort of kind of like covering and waiting?
3: So locals have been coming on our tour, but all the borders around us are closed. So we can only really draw on locals. Luckily that was our plan, but still, yeah, it's just like the threat of an imminent lockdown always hanging over us. That's
2: been hard. Just up levels you by a little bit. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Someone said to me the other day, oh, you picked the worst time to start a tourism business. like,
2: oh, thanks. Well, but a tour business it is, and you are running. You you'd paying customers. How'd it go? Yeah, yeah. No, that was
0: so amazing that people who you know weren't forced to love us actually kind of came on our tour.
3: <laughs> we had wine. Like the first booking that came through, we were ecstatic, and we were like cheering each other. We're like it's someone we don't know, and they're booked, and they're paid, and like- And then to have our first two tours like completely sell out
0: was just incredible I honestly cannot believe it we thought that kind of launching in winter in the middle of the pandemic that we would have really empty mm-hmm. weekends but yeah like kind of Canberra came
2: out to support us which was really nice and what does that mean what's your cap on a group do you have a, a maximum size
3: yeah so 12 people because of COVID again but yeah we filled it and that was so nice and it was really nice having the energy of a big group as well
2: very different than in front of your friends and family. And I know in the last episode, we had spoken on how your test tours went and it seemed like there were a lot of things you wanted to fine tune. Did you feel like you had enough time to, to sort of revamp and rework what didn't necessarily work the first time around? We changed it a lot and
3: we're so glad. And I, I'm so glad that we had the humility to just admit to ourselves what wasn't working and just kind of go, yep, that needs to go, that can stay. That's not working at all. Yeah, and I think that it's a lot smoother now as a result.
0: Like we realised after the test that we didn't actually set up the tour very well. We kind of just jumped right into it as opposed to really kind of like hyping people up and saying kind of this is why we're delivering this tour here. Because the thing about our tour is because there is only one monument to women in The National Triangle, which is the site where we deliver tours, it's really about, you know, reclaiming the landscape, but you can't see that as clearly and we really needed to set that up and we just didn't on the test tour, which added to this whole kind of frazzled mess that it ended up being, but like the actual tours have
2: been so much smoother and each is getting like better as well, which has been great. That's so important. And it's funny because I feel like last time we talked about the ending, also like the importance of the ending, but the beginning is that other really important part. There is this rule called the peak end rule. And it says it's like scientifically proven, it shows that people remember very specific moments from a duration of time. So be that a day, be that a year, be that a vacation, be that a lifetime, right? You're not going to remember every single moment. And the peak end rule showed that what people remember are transitions, which is the beginning and the ending and highlights or the opposite of highlights, right? And those are the things. So people will judge an entire experience based on those. And what I actually really love about that is you know, tours, things go wrong all the time on tours, right? Tours do not run perfectly, but you can get your beginning and ending down pretty well and pretty formulaic. So if you just have those solid in, I always like to say like, no matter what, you could have a terrible tour. Like the weather can be terrible. There could be a really annoying guest, but if you nail that beginning and ending, people will actually go home and be like, Oh, that was a great tour. No, that
3: takes the pressure off as well. Like at some point this bird just walked in on one of our stops and screamed at us and just like interrupted the entire stop. Um, The guests were trying to shoo it away and they were trying to help us and it was just (laughs) the most awkward thing. So, yeah, we get like the beginning and the end have been good, but the middle, oh, what a a journey. (laughs) But
0: even with our like end, we're still kind of, Mm. you know,
3: fine-tuning how to end
0: like strong because we end with like a kind of a call to action. But by the, yeah, it's been difficult. <laughs>
3: and you can see on people's faces, like some people by the end, because at the end we, we talk about how to build a statue and the call to action is like we need more monuments to women in the landscape and we need to see ourselves in the landscape. And some guests have got that and they've already started talking to us about it before we get to the last stop. Other people completely taken by surprise. Didn't see it coming. So that's been really interesting
2: as well. I guess my first thought is I imagine you'll just continue to tweak and that's probably not a bad thing.
0: Yeah. I think that that's kind of what's been happening where we'll both have lots of ideas afterwards, like this weekend. Cause it, so the previous weekend we kind of co-delivered all of the stories and found that that didn't always work really well. Like when it worked, it worked really well, but when it didn't work, it was like, yikes, you can tell. So for this weekend, we kind of delivered the like really had a clear separation of who was doing what and it was a lot smoother. And because we were both able to kind of see how the other person delivered these stories, I think we both came away with like lots of thoughts about how we could improve. We've had to kind of set clear boundaries about saying right after the tour, we're not going to give that feedback. We're just going to kind of, you know, go, yeah, this was a really great tour. We can discuss this kind of later in the week. Between the two of you. Yeah, yeah, which is something that I probably don't do as naturally. I'm more like, we have a problem, let's fix it now. Whereas Ripley is really good at saying, no, we should just sit in the moment and really enjoy like this great tour that people loved instead of jumping to
2: fix it immediately. Ah, I think that's great advice. What about from your guests? Are you collecting any casual feedback or are you having them write reviews?
3: Yeah, so we've, oh, we've actually got our first lot of reviews, which is super exciting. And we tell people at the end, like, we're a new small business, like, please review us. And so how many do we have, 11 now? Yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah.
2: And they're all five stars and we're just so stoked. And that's from both tours total or from one of the tours?
3: Uh, So we've done four tours now. So that's from four.
2: Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. And hopefully they'll keep coming in, right? They'll be rolling. What about future bookings? Do they continue to come in? Well, it's been a little bit slower. Which is something that like why we're
0: keen to talk marketing and kind of what we can do to get more bookings without being super upfront
3: to people and just saying like, give us your money. A lot of people have been saying to us, I'll book when it's warmer. So that seems to be a trend. So I guess part of it is us just kind of being
2: like, we're in winter, it'll pass, but we still need some marketing. I mean, you two are so detailed. I would imagine you had predictions for each month and you probably took into consideration a global pandemic whether are you at what you were expecting? Are you exceeding it all or?
0: Well, we actually, we had planned to do more tours each week and we kind of stripped it back a lot when we realized it was actually after you, your kind of question about would we be prepared for success? It, it, it actually came because that's not something that we had talked about. And then we just went like, no, we wouldn't be able to handle that many tours if they did come through. So we scaled back a lot in terms of how much we were offering. So we could really refine and had enough time to just emotionally like recover after each tour. Cause
2: they, it can be quite draining. I think, especially at the beginning when you're still learning.
4: No um, tours
2: are draining. I'm always trying to explain that to people mm-hmm. back when I was a tour guide, you know, I would do a three hour walking tour and I would just be completely dead. And my friends would be like, well, I worked nine to five and it's like, you just cannot compare the amount of energy physical energy that it takes to carry your group to set this atmosphere to keep everything upbeat it's so and your your brain is doing a million different things at once people are very surprised at how physically demanding it is to do a walking tour
3: Oh, we were exhausted like especially after our first weekend I was
0: really surprised as well because I used to kind of do in school workshops and I was never this exhausted afterwards But it's, I guess it's just very different. And because you're like kind of on display, you know, and performing for two hours. So it's a very distinct genre. And I think that we're still kind of getting the handle on that and how to deal with that kind of like the during as well as the after effects. So what is the schedule then? How many do you have bookable every week? Um, So we're just doing weekends at the moment. So it's just Saturdays and Sundays and one on each day. And we've been getting a few inquiries about doing private tours, for like social groups and stuff. Ooh, That's where the money is. <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> so that's been really good. And we've had a few people talk to us about like corporate bookings and things, which would be amazing. Yeah, that is an ideal pipeline. So I think we're just going to kind of spend the next couple of months while it is a bit slower, really figuring out what we want to invest our time into and
3: whether it is
0: the more corporate side of things or schools, which is what we both really wanted to do.
3: So many of our guests at the end of the tour have come up and said this needs to be in schools, like get into schools. So that's
2: been interesting as well. This is great. I mean just the fact that you're getting so much feedback, you are getting interest, you're getting attention. I'm really glad that we are doing marketing this week because I said I think this is a really good time. And so I am actually going to introduce and hand off to my friend Nancy who is a freelance marketer. She specializes in social media and content creation. And I had known this week that we wanted to bring in a marketing specialist. And I thought of Nancy for two reasons. One, I actually heard Nancy on Clubhouse talking about guerrilla PR and her ideas were amazing. So whatever your feelings are about Clubhouse, I called Nancy on the show because of that one episode. It was so good. Um, And knowing that Sita in particular was very excited about doing street art advertising, and that Nancy works with brands that are culture-focused. I just thought it was going to be a really good fit. And the other reason that I think is really important to point out is Nancy has a tour guide background. And a lot of tour printers started out as tour guides. It's very common. Not so much marketers. Nancy was a walking tour guide, a step-on guide, even a carriage driver with one of New Orleans' oldest and largest tour companies. So I just think that gives her a really great hands-on experience that she then took into her marketing career. So Nancy.
4: What an honor to be here with everyone today. It just feels like even though there's a pandemic happening, it feels like a very badass moment. Yeah, we feel pretty badass. <laughs> and Nick yeah. is pretty badass. I've checked out your website and I've checked out your tours and I've checked out your social media. And I would love to hear about what your plans are for marketing, like what you really want to focus on. And then I'll give you my best advice.
0: Yeah, our plans for marketing. <laughs> They've been very fluid and not as fixed. Ripley's partner, Tom, has been doing a lot for
3: us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of been tricky because we've had a big learning curve with digital marketing, especially, and we've been doing a like campaign for our Facebook page, which has been great. But like, really, other than that, and sending a video trailer out on Facebook and Instagram, that's all we've got going for digital
1: marketing
4: at the moment. I think that that's great thinking about like, what's the most cost effective way that we can make the biggest impact for our businesses, my business, your business, And so I think it's awesome that y'all are doing a likes campaign. I think that you do need to invest some money, but I don't really know if investing it initially in Facebook is gonna be the best thing. You two probably need to just sit down and brainstorm and we can brainstorm together about content for social media. Cause once you get probably like, it's gonna sound like a lot, but it's really not that much. Once you get a month in advance, done, complete, you feel really proud about it. It's really exciting. And it's the type of content that you've put together to really draw interest in people. You need to throw that month of content, schedule it out, throw it up there. Because once you have that really, really, really good content, then you do those campaigns. And then people are going to see all of that really good content and they're going to want to follow you for more. And then you have to have more reasons for people to like reach out to you. And so I would suggest that you make a list of different like women's organizations and schools and companies that you can target with your digital campaigns. And then also you could just send them emails if you wanted to. And then I would write a lot of blogs that kind of speak to those people in those different markets explain to them why your tour is appropriate for them and then also think about the customer and what they want like what what your ideal customer is interested in and sort of formulate blog topics around that and then write probably write about ten different blogs they don't have to be long they could be like 500 words or less, but we're going to put pictures in those blogs. We're going to put videos in those blogs. Those same videos are going to be on our Instagram and our Facebook and it all sort of works together. The only thing that it's costing us is really like the time it takes us to create this stuff. And then once we put it out there, then our likes campaigns or ad campaigns are going to be more effective when people actually go to our social media
3: yeah that makes a lot of sense and that's really similar advice we've got from the visitor center here so that's great yeah uh, we've been kind yeah. Of
4: doing like a,
0: a week in advance in terms of content
4: when it comes to like social media it can be such a headache for business owners because it because it's not really even the thing that you want to focus on doing but that's I work with a lot of people that do that but I would just get together and brainstorm like topics and ideas. I have a journal at home that I dedicate to my business. And I sit there whenever I want to like dedicate some time to my business. I sit there, I open up a new page and I just write down topics and ideas like social media posts and just different things like that. And I just write it down. And I always back to that journal when I'm looking for something to post for myself or for a business. And so like, for an example, I love what your company stands for. So I think that with the recent, like, things facing women um, in the Olympics, that's a great opportunity for y'all to have a quick Instagram reel for you to take a photograph of that headline, that that super spicy headline that everybody's talking about in that moment, and then you throw that headline behind you, um, and you use the green screen feature on the Instagram reel. And you have 30 seconds to where you can really give your opinion on that headline and that your opinion is going to represent She shaped History. If you make it interesting enough, then people that aren't and to care about that topic are gonna to watch your Instagram Reel. And they're probably gonna be more interested in all of the other things that you say. And we really wanna target people that care about women women's rights and women's achievement throughout Australia.
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Not one that we had thought of.
4: Mm. At all. Like I think little that, things, little things. Like yeah. make an Instagram reel introducing who you are. 30 seconds. One for each of you. You could do one alone and then you could do one together. So that's three different pieces of content.
0: Yeah, I think that both that's of us fun. tend to probably go like two – complex and elaborate with social media than kind of just doing stuff that's simple but enjoyable for like people
4: I reviewed your like Instagram specifically I think Facebook's important but we have to remind ourselves like just keep in mind that Facebook is kind of like for baby boomers it might be different in Australia young people like me I'm 33 I'm not really going to Facebook business pages as much as I like to go to Uh, business pages on Instagram. And so I am my ideal customer. Like I am your ideal customer. You are my ideal customer. So I have to think about like, you think about how your customer is going to find you and, and you have to be in those avenues. So that's kind of why I think that it's most important to sort of like, think about your Instagram first, because you can always take that Instagram content and then put it on Facebook and it's going to be good enough for Facebook. You can do a blog post about your values, write about how your values can be, or do a social media post about how you live your values every day, how she shapes her history, stands by those values, or how, you know, different women throughout your Australian history tour exemplify those values. And then you can ask people how they live their values or, you know, different things like that. So
3: is social media kind of, To put it simply, like that's our marketing, just creating really good, engaging content in a way.
4: Yeah. And the best social media, the best stuff is going to come from the person who's closest to the customer, which is you. So if you start getting more and more people involved, it's not getting you further and further away from the customer. And they don't understand the customer like you. So you're the best person for this job. All that I would suggest you do is you write down your ideas and then you dedicate one day a month to try to like get 12 things done 12 different post ideas video recorded which how do y'all feel about being video recorded oh we're fine yeah <laughs> cool, because that's what that's, that's really yeah that's really what it's all about Pictures are boring these days on Instagram. And so you really want to showcase that movement and that personality. Like that is really what's going to sell you. Your personality is going to sell you. And you're just kind of like missing the opportunity if all you're doing is posting pictures. Because people are really going to take that tour more because they want to support you. They want the history too, but they want to support you too. And so y'all need to be selling that tour with your face, with, you know, like visually, via Facebook and Instagram videos. I would say y'all could do like a handful of long form videos on YouTube, that would be great. A lot of short form videos on Facebook and YouTube, lots of blogs, just really doing all of that yourself coming from the heart. And then pairing it up with those paid strategies or paying Instagram or paying Facebook to kind of get more eyeballs on your business, but you want to focus on creating content that is shareable, that makes people want to share it, send it to their friends, share it to their stories, that they want to save it so they can go back and look at it later. And if you want examples of shareable or savable content, just go look at your own Instagram and see what kind of stuff you save or you share and you think about how you can make content that fits in within your brand and sits within your company that is shareable and saveable. Mm,
0: I think that that's really good advice and something that we haven't like the shareable aspect is not something that we've been thinking that much about.
3: Yeah I think we've definitely been probably because we've been so busy like just kind of wanting to get something out there.
4: You know As far as like your branding, your website, all of that stuff is really beautiful. Like everything else that y'all have done thus far, like kudos, y'all are doing it very right. Marketing obviously is a job in its own. I think that you two are more than capable of creating some real, like, and having a lot of fun creating that content. And if you need somebody to help you kind of like steer you in the right direction and, and keep you focused, there's plenty of people me included, that can do that for you. So to where you're still creating the content, but you have other people that are like sort of the experts that are telling you like, you know what, out of these 10 ideas that you've presented to me, I think that these five are the, are the posts that you need to make and don't worry about the rest. It's kind of
3: good because like, we just want to share our city with people. So if we think of it in that respect, I think we could do, do it pretty naturally.
4: Have y'all ever thought about doing lectures for corporate accounts or schools but virtually so like virtual teaching your message and your tour but uh without leaving their home
3: oh we we haven't thought about it virtually but definitely in person but that's a good point like maybe we should think about that yeah I think we've definitely
0: been focused on the in-person aspect which is crazy given we're still in a pandemic (laughs) Yeah, so we didn't really
4: consider that there's a great company in America that does um, they do virtual tours, but they kind of sell these virtual tours to companies to teach diversity and different like important messages that sometimes I guess maybe the HR director doesn't want to touch on. So they bring in the experts to give that special teaching and that training to sort of promote those ideals and their value within their companies. And so, you know, it's big companies that are paying for this sort of stuff. And so I'm sure that there's plenty of people in Australia that have that same need to want to promote inclusivity, gender, queerness, you know, whatever, just humanity in their workplace. And so they bring in you two experts. You know, be the experts on women's history in your particular area, but you can even kind of expand it to all of Australia if you wanted, and that would just be like something that you can include Monday through Friday when you're not giving tours. Mm, That's really interesting that they're going to like a tourism
0: company for that because we hadn't. It really didn't cross our mind to do that sort of um, almost like inclusivity training through this. Mm -hmm.
4: Yep. I'm sure you can do that for schools as well. Like, I understand that your tours are going to be on the weekends. And as things open up, if you want to include them, like Monday through Friday, absolutely do that, especially if your area is popular for that. But if you want to get money for She Shapes History, um, when you're not giving actual physical walking tours, there's so many opportunities. That you can really think about of how you can present the same message and the same tour information, and then sell it to companies because there's so many different companies that have money set aside specifically for those types of training. Giving it to women-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses is even a better thing for those companies. That's a really good idea. Gosh, yeah, (laughs) not
3: something that
0: we
2: thought of at all, but.
4: Yeah.
3: It's
2: kind of like right up our alley.
4: Yeah. I think there's
3: potential there definitely.
2: It's so interesting hearing this because we're talking about so many different facets of this business. And is there any sort of balance that you would recommend between all these different stories? So it's like the story of the brand in like the, the vision, like this was started as a reaction of how they could help the plight of women in Australia. Then there's the facet of Sita and Ripley themselves and how they fit into Mm -hmm. it and their connection to it. Then there's the actual tour, right? Which is a piece of it. Then there's the facet of the stories of the women on this tour. Like, I feel like there's so many different facets and stories, like, is that too much to cover all of them? Should they narrow it down? Or is that a good thing to have all these different areas?
4: I think it's great. It is very overwhelming a lot of times, but sometimes people can't think of one thing for them to focus on. And so when you are looking at a calendar, you might want to look at something and say like, this month, we are going to focus on values. Next month, we're going to focus on our story. And then you just kind of like live in your values for the month. By doing that, you're kind of setting up the foundation. I always kind of think of it because I work with a lot of business, like new businesses, and they don't have, Like if they have something on their social media, it's bad. And so we have to set up the foundation for when customers come to their business and they see their Instagrams or they see their social medias, that we're actually giving them some value that it's either entertaining or it's informative that's really going to help them. And so I try to focus on one thing per month that we're really going to go for. And then it kind of makes it easier because when you live in your values for a month, then you're going to, it's going to be really great content that you're creating. And then you could just move on and do other things. When it comes to focusing your time, you definitely want to always be focused on how you can keep your business going, especially in this moment. And so I think that now that you have your tour established, that you need to sort of now get that foundation of principles out with your marketing by setting up month by month. And when you batch your content all in one day, and you schedule it in another day, boom, and you're done. And you can take a few weeks off until you have to do this all again, then you get really excited about the content that you're seeing. And then you could take some of that other free time, and then you could put it towards trying to grow a new aspect of your business if that's of interest to you because I think that in this kind of time frame if we're not sort of experimenting and seeing if there's a possibility for us to get money from home virtually then we are missing out on that with this whole environment that we're going through especially in Australia like that's what's crazy out there like We really need to also think about like how can we also position ourselves to give experience to people for the people that wish they could give us their money because we want to take that money. But let's give this experience to them in a different sort of way. And you might put a little bit of time towards building that experience. I think that it's worth the risk to try to do that, especially right now.
3: Yeah, and I think it could be a great way to COVID proof our business if we were to go into lockdown. So that, that is a very good idea. Yeah, your whole yeah. thing
0: about like kind of themed months, though, it's just not something that we'd thought of at all. Like, that's such good advice. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I've taken so many notes. <laughs> like, oh my God, I feel like we should be paying you or
4: <laughs> Ideally, you want to kind of like batch your content or theme your month around something that is strategic that's going to, you know, say it's a holiday or it's big tourism season or hooray, no masks. I don't know. Like you just kind of want to like make it strategically to where it works towards a goal. But um, at this moment, I think that this is the opportunity to just start laying down that foundation. Like who is She Shaped History? Like we want to get to know who you are. This is really how I think of a lot of businesses is I live in New Orleans. We walk around Jackson Square. It's like a this historic part of the city. And there's all of these artists that sell their artwork along the fence. And you may see a piece of art and you might say, oh, that's nice. But then when you meet the artist and you really like the artist, you're now going to buy the artwork because you like that artist and you like felt connected to that artist. And then now I'm more inclined to giving, give my money to that artist because I know directly where my money's going. And so I think of all businesses like that basic transaction, like I try to be very intentional with my money. And I know I'm not the only one. And so if I know that I'm really excited about this company, I like these two people, I have a lot of confidence that they're going to give me a really great tour because I like their passion, I like their energy, and they have given me so much entertainment and information via social media, then I would love to support their business. How can I support their business? If I'm in Australia, I will take a tour. If I'm not in Australia, maybe you can give people an opportunity for them to learn about you know, fantastic women in another country, but in a different way. But I would definitely focus it towards like Girl Scout groups in Australia and women's organizations and different things like that first, because I feel that those would be the easiest organizations to sort of become like your first time having your first sort of big client. Do Girl Scouts exist in Australia? (laughs) <laughs> no they're extinct we
3: have girl
0: guys no, and we also do have scouts no, we do which women can so, join It's the color. Australian
3: <laughs> sense of humor is a slippery thing
0: people could just go away and think we don't support like young
2: women learning practical skills no we're just letting up well actually on that note of partnerships Nancy probably useful for you to know is they had such amazing success in just reaching out to local institutions and organizations and historical societies even, right? Like, is there a way that they can leverage those relationships in building content? I know whether it's like getting extra special content from these institutions or whether it's them doing takeovers or things like, I would imagine that could work both ways.
4: Absolutely. Anytime you can do something at a location that you know that they have an active social media and they're going to share the thing that you're doing, you definitely want to do that. So I would scout out the areas that are in your area that you could make partnerships with that have the best social media following, that have people that follow them that are also interested in you, like a museum. And I would see about how I can partner with them for, I don't know, like you can just for any sort of like installation, you can give a presentation there. Say they might do a lecture series once a month at the museum. Well, you can be the person that does the lecture series in November and you can do it all on a specific topic that is associated with your tour or if you wanted to do something that's a little bit different, but that still works in support with your tour, absolutely do that. And then I would also reach out to like the chamber of events or any sort of organizational ideas and then talk about, I would have a lecture, like a one hour sort of motivational lecture about values, you know, and how our generation and this current climate of people across the world really care more about businesses with values now more than ever, which is why you've started your business founded on that, that message. And how you can then be sharing your story and your experience to inspire other businesses to sort of share their story and their experience and stand by their values as well. It's sort of a way of you kind of teaching other people, are you just being an example? for them to sort of be inspired by. But definitely try to get as many speaking engagements as you absolutely can in your area. And yeah, and it's always great to just do little pop-up things like show up to your coffee shop, maybe print out some cool posters. Posters are super cheap. Do some cool artwork, throw a picture of your, you know, awesome woman on it, do an awesome quote on it, write she-shaped history on the side, and then go give away, like, posters, like show what they look like framed and just sort of like, go to a, go to a coffee shop and see what that does for you. Maybe it'll get people to like your Instagram. Maybe you can just talk to people about your business, but little things like that, that don't cost a lot of money that people would probably like. How quirky is too
3: quirky? Because a lot of our ideas, like we wanted to reenact historical moments. (laughs) in costumes (laughs)
2: like you know like we have a lot
4: of
0: ideas yeah I think that we end up in a bit of an echo chamber like we have a huge kind of folder on Trello where we just put all our ideas and some of them are a lot more like batshit insane than
1: others
4: I would say that maybe you experiment with having one batshit insane content month (laughs) where you you have fun and you do it because you are wanting to like live out those stories and you're going to have fun doing it. Do it well. Make sure you do it well, which I know you will. And then see what it does. It's done in a month and you're on to focusing on other things. But guess what the thing is, is that You're never going to know if that stuff isn't going to work unless you do it. And I am the kind of person that loves the batshit crazy insane stuff, because that's the stuff that we watch. That's like the viral stuff. I'm always searching online to like, I mean, like drunk history is based on that. So I love learning about history and different things like that. And so if I come across an account that's really fun and they teach history in a really good way, that kind of teaches me or entertains me that's the two reasons why people are going to go to you is they want to be entertained or they want to be informed and you're trying to do both you're trying to like teach them something you're trying to give them a very good tour experience but it's social media we have to entertain them too and y'all are going to be very good at doing that so I I say do it
3: oh that's music to our ears yeah (laughs) What if we did a podcast? Is that something that feeds into a social media strategy or is that something that sits a bit more separate?
4: If you're going to go forward with content, I think that you absolutely should do a podcast. I think you should absolutely figure out a way how can you get people's emails on your website? So maybe that's giving away a free map or a free guide or some free information that they can download from your website once they go to your website and put in an email. So you need to collect lots of emails. You have that podcast. And I think that you should also do a few YouTube videos and see how that works for y'all. And then do all of that sort of stuff together as one big giant pool, but it's all focused on very specific content. So you can talk about in your podcast, how they can go onto your Instagram and they can find you here. And once you're on your Instagram, people can go and they can watch those 20 minute videos that you make on YouTube, where you really dive in deep and you talk about different things. Those can be very easy to make and lots of people watch them. So I definitely think going forth and doing all of it, I definitely think you should.
2: I know you haven't been able to see them, Nancy, but I just see them nodding their heads emphatically at each other and like writing down notes. So you were either the best choice or you were the worst choice because you've enabled all of these crazy ideas that they're going to put all their time <laughs> into. <laughs> time will tell, time will tell.
4: Nancy, how can people find you? Uh, my Instagram account is Swampy City and they can email me at nancymaylandry at gmail.com.
2: Thank you so much, Nancy, for your time and all your advice. Sita, Ripley, I'm curious, as I said, watching you take a million notes, like top two things that you are either really excited to do or that you think, oh yeah, we could do that.
0: Well, I think the thing that really stood out to me is actually kind of like having almost themed months where you focus on one thing. And so you can experiment and see what works and what doesn't. And also really spend like, developing our content a month in advance which because I think it's been quite on the fly for us like we'll be kind of you know drafting captions together after a tour and which it takes a lot of time to do it and when you're in kind of a an interesting headspace as well.
3: Mm, I love the values led stuff Mm. I think I think we'll have more passion if we come at it from that angle rather than like how are we trying to sell the business or present the business so yeah that was a standout for me.
0: Yeah, but the whole thing, like, I have kind of, like, six pages of notes. I got a lot from that, and I think we've got tons to discuss. Like, there was just so much. Gosh, what a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, wow, that's so impressive. (laughs) Yeah, and just things that I think that we had spoken about at some point or another, like the speaking gigs were something that we had spoken about. I probably hadn't taken it as seriously as Ripley had. (laughs) An option, but this made me go, Oh, yeah, that is something we should probably look more seriously into. So, I guess it's nice to just have an external person as well who knows their shit in the space. Um, not that you don't know
3: your shit in the
2: space. Well, I would imagine you need a tiebreaker, practically speaking. Like we've talked in past episodes, right, about how wonderful it is to have a partnership, but then I would imagine when you disagree on something, that's kind of the answer of a third person coming in and, and giving an opinion can I just say
3: on third people coming in giving an opinion everyone on the tour has loved the water <laughs>
0: <laughs> just an update that, eco-friendly
3: water. that that resolved our debate
2: and people have been
3: coming up to me and being like this is so wonderful and I'm just like yes and I'm like vindication yes it is <laughs>
2: Oh, that is amazing. I think that should be a regular feature on this podcast that we'll keep checking in on the water, both the cost (laughs) to your business, but also the customer satisfaction. (laughs) Well, okay. As we finish it off our third episode, what's, what's coming up? What's the big things in the next month that you're looking forward to or that you're a little nervous about?
0: I guess it's kind of refining to a content even further. Like after this weekend, we've got a few ideas about how to refine it. I think really working on um getting our social media down and as Nancy said, kind of laying those foundations and cause that's just not how we've been thinking about social media. Like We, yeah, yeah. we have not been thinking about it as the foundations of our business and setting that up now, as we are starting our business to say, this is who we are. Yeah. We've kind of, almost shied away from that and just given people our personality full front without even just introducing it so that'll be good we also want to start looking at kind of more media and like guest blogging and yeah we had thought that we would um guest blog as opposed to having our own blog but listening to Nancy I think has made us go yeah it is important to have our own blog so
3: Yeah, just I guess a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) In summary, (laughs) but I think everyone in this space probably has fear.
2: Yeah, and I think Nancy said it. It's your tour guides. You are the marketers. You are the salespeople. You are everything. When you are a tourpreneur, you are everything, and it is hard. But I know. I think we come out as well-rounded people on the other side. It's fun to learn so many different things. That's kind of been a joy.
3: Like as much as it's been a labor of love, it's kind of pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I've been really surprised by how much I've been enjoying social media after going from someone who avoided it for years and made people communicate through email with me to actually enjoying it. Um, so that's been great. We'll probably also spend this month trying to get across our finances.
2: Oh,
3: yeah. That's for a
2: future <laughs>
0: episode. But that's been an adventure. and yeah. a What happens well, when you don't have an accounting background?
2: Everyone listening to this who is a tourpreneur slash accountant, please reach out. We'd love to have you as a guest on a future episode.
0: (laughs) That would be (laughs)
2: super helpful.
0: (laughs) An Australian accountant who knows our laws (laughs) (laughs) if we're putting our wishes into the universe.
2: Well, thank you both again.
0: You've made it another month. Yeah, we're excited. We kind of can't believe we're already three months in. Yeah, Yeah, it
3: goes so fast. (laughs) Thanks, Nancy. That was amazing. Yeah, and
1: Nikki, as always. you're such a pleasure. We'll see everyone next month. Thanks for listening to the Tourpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit tourpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Tourpreneur. Is it the same bird? Just out of curiosity.
0: I reckon I reckon this bird just hates kind of women and non-binary people and walking tours. And walking tours. It's an anti-walking tour bird. <laughs>